Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. This is actually not going to be the last show I do prior to the draft because I've been doing you know prediction shows for like the first round, essentially a week out for, what, a couple years now. So, so much information actually comes in the next week. And again, it doesn't necessarily tell you exactly who the Eagles are going to pick. But sometimes hints get dropped for other teams and who they're going to potentially pick. And then it's like my prediction is, you know, it could be out the window. So what we're going to do is this. We're going to talk about, you know, a lot of things here with the Eagles because a lot of news happened this week. But next Wednesday, we will record right before the draft, the night before. I will give my prediction for the first round. There are two picks. Depends if they make two picks, which is still, you know, very questionable at least. But, you know, we're going to go off the, you know, assumption they make two selections. I'll give you my final two predictions for who the Eagles will take in the first round. And then obviously we're going to come back after the first round, have a show. We'll do a second and third round prediction. Um, And then obviously for, you know, Saturday, depending on if they make trades or whatnot, if the Eagles are just picking two seventh-round picks, we'll talk the following week and recap the whole entire draft. If they do make some moves into Saturday where they have some fourth and fifth-round picks, absolutely we'll be back after Saturday as well, and we'll recap the entire draft. And then again, just back to the normal Thursday schedule. But what that means is this. There was a lot of speak to say. We're going to be here on Wednesday. We're going to give our prediction for who the Eagles will select in the first round. We're going to do Thursday, Friday for sure. Now... Let's just start at the very top with the biggest news of the week by Miles. And that is the quarterback, the franchise quarterback, QB1, the best player in the NFL got paid and now is the richest player in the NFL. He has the highest salary in the NFL. That is the absolute best player in the league, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts inked a five-year, $255 million contract extension with the Eagles. $179.3 million guaranteed. Um, a signing bonus, essentially, of $110 million. So he was just paid $110 million. Um, what that does is, by Jeffrey Lurie doing that, it is able to essentially manipulate the cap for the first, what, four years of this six-year extension. Oh, five-year extension, you know, so next year's cap hit, you know, this season coming up is only $6 million. I think 13 in the following year, 20 and then 30 um, It becomes like 70 or 90 or something crazy the last two. But what that tells you is this, because everybody's all like, oh, only five years, why not 10? This is a contract that's going to just keep going and going and going because when you have a $70 million cap hit and a $90 million, they're, you know what they're doing? They're restructuring it, and they have things built into this contract that allow the Eagles to do restructures. So Jalen Hurts could be an Eagle for his career. That's official. They gave him a no-trade clause. Didn't matter. He was going to be an Eagle officially forever. It's the first no-trade clause in Eagles history, by the way. But this is just such a relief for this team to have this extension done. I mean, I get it. Yeah, they probably saved some dollars doing it before Burrow and Herbert and all those guys. But what's most important is this. Jalen Hurts is the leader of this team. Jalen Hurts is the most respected guy in the locker room for the Eagles, players-wise. I mean, he is the looked-up-to leader. To see him taken care of, 
this early in the offseason, before, you know, obviously OTAs even start, just sends out a good morale boost to the entire team. They wanted, every player on the team wanted Jalen Hurts to get what he had earned. They see the work he puts in. They talk about it. It's You know, it's funny, this first guy in, last guy out stuff, and you know, you hear it from, you know, Nick Sirianni, you hear it from Howie Roseman, you hear it from Jeffrey Lurie, but you also hear it from the players. And I know people will say, oh, well, whatever, you know, no, that matters to the players. Their goal is to win and they see it. And it's like, oh, well, all those players can do it. It's like, yeah, they all could do it. But it's not, he's not first one in, last one out because it's easy. That's how much this guy just wants it. He brings a briefcase to work because he knows he's going to work. He's the hardest worker in the room. This contract is going to change nothing about it. I have absolutely zero worries about Jalen Hurts getting paid big money, zero, you know, no trade con- uh, clause, all the guaranteed money, because like I said, his floor today is his floor for his career. He is a guy who is just going to get better and better and better. And I know people worry about health. You worry about health with everybody. I'm not going to, but they didn't sign Jalen Hurts to a $255 million deal, though, for him to change the way he plays. They can start calling less maybe design runs. I totally agree. But I want Jalen Hurts to be able to use his legs when he feels he needs to use his legs. Do not change the player you are. Yes, they could protect him in terms of not calling as many designed quarterback runs, but they're going to use the read option as they should. It helps our running game. He is a weapon. The problem with the read option is this you just don't want teams dictating that Jalen's going to keep the ball like the Bears did, and that's how he got hurt. And if that's the case, then what the Eagles do need to do is make a counter to it. You could always go back to it. You know what I mean? When you go into a game, for instance, and you tell a team, okay, hey, they run the read option a lot, they can game plan for it. But when you come off of that, guess what? Then when you go to it, they don't know how to react to it. You know what I mean? They got to try to adjust on the fly. And a lot of times when teams adjust on the fly, you know what happens? Big plays down the field for your offense. That's what's going on here. I still think back to this. <laughs> this, I think back to hearing that Jalen Hurts, it's draft week, right? We're officially seven days out. I think back to when I heard scouts saying, supposedly, that Jalen Hurts was a third or fourth round pick. That's what his draft grade was. And that's fine. Maybe that was his draft grade, whatever. That is what you call missing the boat. It doesn't matter what you tell me about this, that, or the other. Oh, the tape says this. Okay, the tape may say something, but there's this thing called intangibles. And if you don't understand a player's intangibles, I'm all for studying somebody's tape. And I get a great, but you know what I mean? I want to talk to the player. I want to know what the player does. Is the player improved? And you could see a lot of that on tape, by the way. So if you're somebody who studied Jalen Hurts' tape and you saw what he did at Alabama his first year and you saw the progressions he made, the radical in, 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 you know, progressions he made. Because think about this. This guy was a running back, essentially, right? As a freshman quarterback, he really wasn't a thrower at all. To seeing what he did at Oklahoma. You got to sit there and go, my goodness, this guy is working really hard. Because his throwing is so dramatically improved. And, and to sit there and just essentially think that he's just not going to get better, that's foolish. That's a stain on your resume as a scout. And I don't want to call any guys out, but I, I mean, I, I hear a guy like Adam Kaplan who continually says, oh, the Eagles drafted him to be a backup. Here's my thing. They may tell reporters stuff like that. But remember this, Jeffrey Lurie, right? Jeffrey Lurie made this point that 
and the Eagles have talked about this, that they felt they missed on Russell Wilson in 2013, I think, whatever draft it was, when Wilson came out. It might have been earlier. Um, but whatever year it was, when he came out and they missed the boat on him. And we ended up drafting Nick Foles that, in that draft, uh, you know, what, 12 picks after that because we were handcuffed. And spoiler, we won a Super Bowl in Nick Foles. So that I will never, ever sit here and say that was a big mistake by any means because it wasn't. He's the greatest, obviously, the only quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia Eagles history. So forever, he's on my Mount Rushmore. But I look at it and I go, they said that they did not want to miss again on a quarterback like, you know, with the potential of a guy like Russell Wilson. And Jalen Hurts fit that category. And Jeffrey Lurie made the decision that they had to get Jalen Hurts. And Howie Roseman made that call and the private Zoom call, whatever they're trying to say, which, by the way, is nonsense. They didn't just randomly pick a guy that none of the scouts knew about or was asked about or anything like that. But they saw something in Jalen Hurts and they made that move. So when Adam Kaplan's reporting, oh, that he was a backup quarterback, that's what they were. Yeah, they are probably. Buddy, here's the thing. They're going to tell reporters what they think they need to tell reporters. Do you think that he said Jeffrey Lurie legitimately thought he had a Russell Wilson part two coming in the building and his goal was that he was never going to play? Like, best case scenario, he don't play? Allow that to sink in. Best case scenario, Jalen Hurts doesn't play if he's a backup quarterback, right? That tells you, that draft again, when you think back to it, you try to, because again, you're hearing all the stuff, you're not in the room. But when you think back to it and you just read all the tea leaves on it, that was a, a a severe indication that the Eagles knew that they had paid Carson Wentz and it was a big mistake and they were looking for a way out. And Jalen Hurts provided them a way out and he has been rewarded today by becoming the richest player in the NFL because he is the best player in the NFL. And it's much deserved. I couldn't be happier. I'm so happy he's here. He is our quarterback. He is the franchise quarterback and he is going to win the Eagles a Super Bowl much sooner than later. Now, moving on, in terms of helping him now on offense, the Eagles did also make another big move on offense. They signed a wide receiver. And I know people probably aren't familiar with Alamade Zacchaeus, but he had a, a solid season there. I think he had about 500, 600 yards, whatever it was, with the Falcons this last um, last year. He's a slot receiver. He could play Z, which is what Devontae plays. Um but more so inside. You know, he's not a big guy. I think he's a little less than 5'9". But he's essentially there to push Quez Watkins. My dream of Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? You would sit there and say this really shouldn't, you know, perturb it. And, and, and to be fair, it really doesn't. But in my opinion, it does. The Eagles are not going to be drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know people are going to sit there, and again, I've heard the cases against drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I'd be a liar if I said I didn't at least understand it. You think he's a volume receiver, he needs to get the ball, you have enough, okay, and that I get that, but we were extremely weak in terms of talent at wide receiver behind our top two guys. Can Quez Watkins bounce back and maybe this lights a fire on him? Absolutely. Sure. I'm rooting for it. I've seen Quez Watkins make big plays, for sure. I think Quez Watkins was a lot in his head this year. He heard what people were saying. Now it's time to tune around. He's in a contract here, so that guy's going to be more, more than motivated to go out there and try to perform this season. And I'm hoping and obviously rooting for him because if he's better, we're better. But Zacchaeus comes in here. He's a really good 
He's a really good third to fourth receiver. He really is. He, he's a, he's a, that's a perfect role for him. But like I said, I think it does take them out of Jackson Smith and Jigba because let's just do some deductive reasoning here, right? Go through the whole team. Go through the position groups, right? We're, we're, we're going to try to figure out where the Eagles are going in the first round. I'm going to make my prediction next Wednesday, but I'm going to give you a heads up where I'm kind of going towards with it. And let's just start on defense, right? Did they sign a defensive end? No, but they re-signed Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett's coming back. Um, so there's two guys that are going to fill, you know, obviously one a re-sign and Derek Barnett, who was on the team, but he's coming back. So they didn't really lose anybody at defensive end besides, you know, Robert Quinn, who, by the way, is still a free agent. Um, then, out, and again, you still have Hassan Reddick, who I know is an outside linebacker, but he's really an edge rusher as well. Defensive tackle. They lose Javon Hargrave, sure. But, you know, re-sign Fletcher Cox and you sign Contavious Street. Now, again, I'm not sitting here saying Contavious Street is Javon Hargrave, but they make a move there. Linebacker, you lose Edwards, you lose White, but they still bring in Anthony Morrow. Corner. You don't lose anybody at corner, obviously, you know, of your top three guys, but you do bring in Greedy Williams. Safety, you lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you lose Marcus Epps. You bring in, you know, Justin Evans, you bring in Terrell Edmonds. Let's go to offense. Quarterback, you lose Gardner Minshew, but you bring in Marcus Mariota. You lose at running back, Miles Sanders, but you bring in Rashad Penny. Now at wide receiver, you lose Zach Pascal, you bring in Alameda Zacchaeus. Tight end, you didn't really lose anybody, so you didn't bring anybody in. But offensive line, right? You lose Isaac Ciamala. You lose Andre Dillard. And they've brought nobody in. Offensive line, to me, has by far now become the number one priority for this team because we are not deep at offensive line. I don't know if Cam Jurgens could play right guard. I actually prefer probably Jack Driscoll play right guard. But we don't have anybody you could call a swing tackle. Maybe Brett Toth can do it. He'll be back this year. Um, you know what I mean? Fred Johnson. Like We're pulling at some strings here. Ideally, Jack Driscoll could play your swing tackle, which he did last year. People forget, you know, Andre Dillard, you know, I, he was your backup. He missed the first, what, five weeks of the season with that broken arm? And Jack Driscoll started at left tackle for us. So Jack Driscoll has played as the swing tackle for this team. Ideally, you don't want him to play on the left side, I guess. But again, just throwing that out there. And Cam Jurgens has only ever played. He went from tight end to center in college. He's not a right guard. He doesn't have the size either. And if you and again, I know he's bigger than people perceive, but in terms of NFL size, I mean, you don't really have somebody playing small next to Kelsey. It, it's not a recipe for success. Now, I know you could sit there and tell me we won a Super Bowl with Stefan Wisniewski playing next to him, and he's not a big guy either. And that's very true. I'm not sitting here saying it can't work. Like Cam Jurgens could definitely play next to Jason Kelsey, and things could be fine. I mean, Isaac Ciamalo was not what you'd call a monster at right guard. But Brandon Brooks was when he was there. You know what I mean? Ideally, you want to put a monster next to Landon or uh, to Jason Kelsey. Landon Dickerson is is humongous. So I'm just sitting here and I keep reading the tea leaves. They didn't bring anybody in at, you know, on the offensive line. They lost, you know, obviously their their top left side of the offensive line backup in Dillard. They lost a starter in Ciamalo. And even if you think Jurgens could fill in, that's great. But again, Where's the the the, uh, the depth? 
on an offense line, and it doesn't exist. So I, I, I'm telling you, I'm really starting to believe a guy like Paris Johnson is going to be their pick. I don't think it's going to be Skaronsky. I think Paris Johnson right now, if you ask me who I would put as the betting favorite for who the Eagles are going to select next Thursday if they stay at 10, Paris Johnson from Ohio State would be my guess. And, that's, and the reason why is because he played left tackle last year at Ohio State, and in 2021 he played right guard. So he's played both sides of the offensive line. That's what they want, versatility. Um, again, he could start at right guard. If something was to happen to Mylotta, he could just slide out to left tackle then. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't be the, you know an easy transition because, again, he's still a rookie, but he can do it. And you could always put Jurgens or Driscoll in then at right guard. I'm really starting to believe Paris Johnson is the big favorite because, again, I'm just reading the tea leaves. They have done nothing at offense line, and they definitely have to address their offense line within their first three picks, without a question. I don't think, I, I think it would be a gross misjudgment to not pick an offense lineman within their first three picks because you definitely want to just get some player, uh, you know, a, a high end player coming in there that could play the position of right guard, or if you're going to go with Driscoll or Jurgens, whoever you're going to go there, a swing tackle, whatever, you want to at least feel comfortable that you got a guy with some talent there. You're not trying to, you know, find somebody, which again, you could do as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are guys that could slip in this draft that are kind of, you know, possible players in the league. I mean, we have a couple guys on our offensive line that were sixth and seventh round picks and Kelsey and um, Mylotta, but I'm just sitting here and I know the way they prioritize it. I would envision that that's going to be the favorite pick right now if they stayed at 10. Now, Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni did their uh, pre-draft presser today, and the way Howie Roseman talked, again, a unique player, that was the line. You know, essentially when he was asked if they would take a running back in the top 10, you know, he didn't want to say, and again, he wasn't going to sit there and say no. Be a fool. He wanted to give you the, the he, and again, he gave a lot of fans the idea that, hey, Bijan Robinson, a unique player, you know, we're not going to sit here and disqualify somebody because of their position. Great. Sounds like a good salesman, doesn't it? Sounds like somebody he kind of wants, maybe you have to trade up in front of him to pick somebody. Because that's, that's just one less team taking a player that you were on, you really wanted to slide. That's what this is. It's all gamesmanship. I hated that press conference, by the way. These two, him and Sirianni up there laughing around like they're, they're little schoolgirls. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like they're giggling. Ha, 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 ha. We're, we're, we're little buddies here. It's like, guys, we lost the Super Bowl. I get it that you two think that this is some type of joke, which is weird. But you know what I mean? Like, get your act together here. We're trying to win a Super Bowl this season. Don't, don't laugh at questions because you two are in the room and you know the answers. And that's great and all. I get it. You're best buddies. I'm glad. I hope you guys drink together and have the best times ever. Win us a Super Bowl. Now, they did announce a coaching staff hiring today, and I want to go over that. And also, uh, a former NFL head coach, controversial guy, um, he was assigned as a defensive assistant, and we'll start with him, and that's Matt Patricia. Now, he was on the website, he was off the website, then Sirianni said at the press conference that essentially it was done, and it is done. Matt Patricia's on here. I know people think of Matt Patricia and Darius Slay for their rivalry. I guess he said he talked to Slay about it. Patricia's in. I know people don't like Patricia. They think he's controversial. Guy's a former head coach. I have no issues with it. If the team doesn't have any issues, and again, he's not being put in a position where he's the defensive coordinator. He's a defensive assistant. 
it's not that big a deal. Trust me. The other moves. DK McDonald was officially named defensive backs coach. Kevin Petullo got essentially a promotion, but he's not. It's going to be the same role. Instead of now being assistant head coach, he's associate head coach and pass game coordinator. Tyler Scudder is the assistant linebackers coach. Mike D'Angelo gets defensive quality control. Um, Taver Johnson becomes an uh, assistant defensive backs coach. Ronell Williams, the Nichols coach, and Tyler Yelk, the assistant to the head coach. Those were the updates today in terms of the coaching staff. Now, um, let's just see here. Final thing I wanted to talk about quick before we go over some prospects. Again, like I said, it's the NFL draft. But uh, Buda Baker. I know Buda Baker's name got mentioned because, you know, he's looking for, you know, a new contract and it looks like he's not going to get in Arizona. So he's kind of asking for a way out. Buda Baker's got like $15 million in salary cap space. So, I mean, it's, it, it would be tough for the Eagles to make that move. I would love to get Buda Baker. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. He's a severe upgrade for us right now. He, he'd be an incredible upgrade. But they could have got Gardner Johnson, a guy they traded two draft assets for in this draft um, for half the price and they didn't do it. I'm telling you, it's almost like if you wanted my dream scenario for safety, right? My dream scenario is that we somehow get Brian Branch in this draft. That would be my dream scenario. Brian Branch is awesome. I'm going to give people this. I've been watching so much more film. And again, I did my rankings. And let me tell you this, my rankings from all these positions, it might be a little different now. Because I've been watching a lot more film on a lot of guys, Brian Branch included. And I go, I know his numbers. He didn't test elite. This guy is as sure a damn tackle. He doesn't miss tackles at all. You look at his size and you think that's not the case. He played slot almost exclusively this year for Alabama. That's, But you know what I mean? That's what Gardner Johnson did with the Saints. But he could play safety. He has Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but a better version of him written all over him. And again, I'm not trying to slight... CJGJ here at all because trust me I know the Twitter that guy was incredible for the Eagles last year you know he had six interceptions he only played 11 games he was by far the best guy in terms of the secondary in the Super Bowl I thought he played an excellent game when everybody else seemed to be failing he was playing really good and he, he was making tackles and hitting people and obviously he was engaged but I'm telling you this right now about Branch Branch is a better version of him as a player it just is what it is Branch is Excellent. He might be the best overall defensive player in this draft. I'm not kidding. And I don't say that like Jalen Carter is some type of joke. Jalen Carter probably has a higher ceiling because, you know, if he gets his stuff together and he he's engaged, that guy has, he's the dream. But freaking Brian Branch is somebody that people need to start taking notice for. I'm, I'm telling you, I am so impressed by him. So when it comes to safety, yeah, like ideally if we could get Brian Branch, let's say he falls to 30 because he didn't athletically test out, I'm running to the podium and picking him. It's a sprint. As soon as 29 makes their pick, it's like, oh, wow, the Eagles are already in with their pick. That's what I would do. I wouldn't even, it, I'm not trading him. I'm not even entertaining it. We're going up there and we're picking Brian Branch. Do I think he falls to 30? No, because I don't think the NFL is that stupid. But hey, we can keep our fingers crossed and hope. Now. Let's talk some prospects quick here. We said we were going to finish out, you know, our, our essentially our what our top fives of positions. So we got um, running backs and quarterbacks, and we could save the glory position for last. We'll do running backs first. 
I think running backs obviously pertains more to the Eagles anyway. So um, let me tell you this about the running back class. It's, I'm not one of those guys who just has devalued the running back position. I think that's foolish. I, I, I hate when I hear stuff like that because it's dumb. Um, you know, great running backs change, you know, teams. And, and I hate the fact that people have got this idea that great running backs, you know, oh, well, the king or whatever, not the kings, but um, the chiefs, they just won the Super Bowl with, with Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, cool. And, and I'm not against, you know, obviously I get it. You know, running back, they get banged up and are they going to get a second contract? It's like, let me give you a heads up on that. Miles Sanders just got a second contract. It wasn't from the Eagles. But he got a second contract. You know, Christian McCaffrey got a second contract. There's not just this thing where they no running back can get a second contract. Like, no, they get second contracts. So I don't want to hear this whole, oh, it's five years and done. Like Ezekiel Elliott got a second contract from the Cowboys. Now, you could tell me that, hey, they're not gonna. You're not gonna see a running back, you know, who who just lights this league on fire still into their mid. And again, yeah, into their mid thirties, probably not. It's not impossible. Darren Sproles played for. Look at the weapon he was for as long as he was. I mean, Adrian Peterson. There's guys that have played late into their career, Frank Gore. But um, that doesn't mean that, like, hey, if you get five years of elite play from any player, I don't care where you pick them. It's a great pick. You know, I don't regret us picking Wentz at two overall. We won a Super Bowl. In the window, he was on this team. Worked. So let's just go with the running backs. The top five, in my opinion. Number one, Bijan Robinson is the best running back in the draft. He's a complete player. He's an excellent football player. He really is. The guy has no weaknesses. He's probably the best overall offensive player in the entire draft. But number two, I have Jameer Gibbs. And let me tell you about Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs, like you'll say, oh, he's a better fit for what the Eagles do. Uh, that, trust me, that's not true. Bijan Robinson being the best player in the draft. I mean, you fit to the you know the talent of your players. You know, you don't try to fit them into a square hole. Um, but Jameer Gibbs, he's just he's a and again he hasn't played a down, so it could be proven false. But in my opinion, from what I've seen of him, the the tape I've watched, this guy is a better version of Kenny Gainwell. He has got so much juice and he's a really good pass catcher i really like if they don't get Bijan robinson and they somehow got jameer gibbs like i get it running back to me isn't the biggest need on this team it's far from it but if they have a jameer gibbs in the building oh my gosh you, you can be electric as well i think those two guys are clear cut the two best running backs in the draft now three i have uh ty j spears from tulane Again, he's another. He's a home run hitter. And again, Tulane, hey, you know what I mean? You hear these guys, and it's like, well, that's a street free agent, by the way, Kareem Hunt, right? Didn't he come from there? It was there at Tulsa or something, but I think it was Tulane. Fourth, I have a guy who is just a solidified, just hardcore, run-you-over, trucking running back. This guy dominated for years, Dwayne McBride from UAB. I really like him. He is, you know, a two-down running back, but, I mean, this guy is a bull you know how Jordan Howard was a bull for the Eagles? That's what Dwayne McBride is. And then fifth, I mean, fifth was tough. 
You know, you know, you got Charbonnet out there from UCLA, who's really good. He is, he's a good player. Um, I put it as a tie. I went Charbonnet and Devin A-Chain from Texas A&M. A-Chain is, you know, a, a sprinter. So you hear that, oh, they're not as shifty, but this guy has world-class speed. I mean, he, he's just, nobody's going to run with him. A guy, you know, and then I do have some notables here because, again, running back is all about more or less where do you end up? You know, what? who's but your offensive line? Are you on a crappy team, a really good team? Because then you could excel. Like, Pacheco excelled in Kansas City because he was on an excellent team. You know what I mean? If he was uh, on the Falcons or something like this year, who knows what he is? He still could be good. I'm not saying that. But, it, I mean, a lot of it, when you come to realizing your potential as a running back, it, it matters where you end up with, what team you are. But guys I like, like Tank Bigsby from Auburn, you know? Sean Tucker from Syracuse could be really good. Um, Roshan Johnson from Texas could be really good. He was the backup for, you know, um, B. John Robinson. There are some guys in this draft. I like Keaton Mitchell. He's like a, especially he's a smaller guy from East Carolina, but what Keaton Mitchell could be is an electric return guy. And that's something the Eagles haven't had in a long, long time. So I look at guys like that that you can get later. Just keep an eye on those type of guys. Now, quarterback, quarterback's a lot easier. Um, Thankfully for the Eagles, we don't really have to worry about this. I mean, maybe later in the draft. I mean, there's somebody you might be taking a fly around to be, you know, a guy to come in and battle with Ian Book or Mariota for the backup job, I guess. Because nothing's for sure, uh, certain with that. But um, one, to me, is Bryce Young. I don't think it's even close. I think Bryce Young is so far and away the best quarterback in this draft. It's not even funny. Uh, his numbers were incredible. And remember, he didn't have you know, the light-up wide receiver room of years past at Alabama. And again, not a discredit to, you know, Tua or Hurts who got to play with these guys or Mac Jones. Um, but Bryce Young did not have that level of talent come through. And he's awesome. He is so awesome. And he's really quick. And let me tell you this. This guy is really good at, you know, picking things up. And he's, he's quick at understanding, and he sees things fast. And I'm telling you, that's that's what you need to have. Two is C.J. Stroud because he's just so accurate throwing the football. I don't know how his processing level is. I heard it might be a little lower. But he's so accurate throwing the football. And his playoff performance, I thought, was incredible for C.J. Stroud. Now, three, I went with Anthony Richardson because, again, and again, I he processes pretty damn fast as well. And he's an elite athlete. The problem is he's just a one-year starter. Fourth, I went with, how about this guy? Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is like, I get it, he's a little older, obviously. That's And he's coming off a major injury. But this guy was unbelievable for the last two years for Tennessee. I like Hendon Hooker. Now, Will Levis is five. And again, Will Levis, I know people think he's all, like, he processes well, you know. But again, he played at Kentucky, went from Penn State to Kentucky, I don't know how many chances a guy like Will Levis could have had to excel at Kentucky, but there's something there with him. I, mean, I think he he's somebody, if you trust in your coaches, you could take a shot on. He's definitely somebody who could develop. That's for sure. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. But for the Eagles' perspective, like what would they be looking at? Malik Cunningham from uh, Louisville. you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR from UCLA. Again, those are guys that could run the system that we have. They're guys to watch. I wouldn't be mad about them. You know what I mean? So 
that that's kind of where it is for quarterback. Next week, what we will do though is I will give you. I don't want to do a mock draft. I think that's lame. Um, maybe we will. Maybe we'll just do a first round mock draft. For what I th- and again, I'll do my best. I don't know all these teams ins and outs. I know what a lot of them want. Yes, uh, we'll do a mock draft, and I'll give you my official prediction for who I think the Eagles will be selecting with their picks. Go over my top prospects. We'll prepare for night one of the draft, and you know, obviously, we'll have a little fun. But that's what we'll do next week. We'll do a first round mock uh, mock draft, and we'll go from there. Final prediction for the Eagles draft will be made next Wednesday. It'll be available Thursday morning. So you'll have something to listen to in terms of, and again, you'll be, compare it to anybody, and then we'll have a game of who got it right, who was close, who was wrong, who missed the boat. Maybe they picked somebody we've not even talked about. Maybe it's Zay Flowers, who, by the way, I watched him. Love that guy. The Eagles got Zay Flowers. I'm telling you this right now as a wide receiver. They can use him in different ways. It's not He doesn't have to be fed the ball in routes. Like Smith and Jig was more of a traditional wide receiver. This guy can get the ball in jet sweeps and stuff. He's electric. I, I would love a guy like Zay Flowers from Boston College. Not going to happen. Jordan Addison, who, by the way, could be an, an excellent slot receiver. Doesn't need to get the ball, but he's good with screens and stuff. There's so many things that can happen here. But we will do a mock draft next week, and I will give my official prediction for who the Eagles will select in the first round. want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go. 